Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. I am David Pinkerton, and I am glad that you are tuned in this morning. Here it is Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning, Central Standard Time, and wherever you're listening in, we're glad that you're here. We encourage you to grab your Bible, encourage a a friend, text a friend, call them right now, email them, tell them that uh, the Good Tidings radio broadcast is on, and, and we would appreciate the listenership and the prayers, and we're praying for you. And hope that this day is going to be a blessed day for you and your loved ones and everything about you. Thank you for tuning in here on WXAN Radio. Folks, please support WXAN Radio. These guys, Brother Danny and Will, the folks, they don't ask me to say that. I ask you on purpose. It takes money to make this place go. Absolutely. Prayer first. Sure. We need the prayer. That's the oil that greases the gears. But we need the financial support, too. Tuck in a love gift. And I promise you, Luke 6, 38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. You'll not now give God. I want to encourage you. I'm going to say this to you. It's a personal testimony. Uh, My family and I gave a love offering to WXAN a while, quite a while back. And uh, not expecting anything, just wanted to honor God and sow seed into a very good, fertile soil. And WXAN is surely that. And lo and behold, the very next day, something happened in my business that was just incredible. And it, 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 it produced a blessing for my family and I. So you'll never outgive God. Give and it shall be given unto you, okay? But give unto WXAN. Support them prayerfully and financially. Tell others about it. Uh, tell them about going to www.wxanradio.com and tune in to listen live to the broadcasts. I know that uh, you'll get a blessing by doing that. Today, I want to address a current situation that's going on in, in our reality in the world as we speak, and that is Russia's invasion to Ukraine. And I want to take a little bit of a prophetic look at it. So I ask you to grab your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter number 24, and we're going to take a text from verse 1 to verse 8. Matthew chapter 24, verse 1 through verse number 8. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. Notice that, folks. See that ye be not troubled about Russia invading Ukraine. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Verse 7, for nation shall rise against nation. Keep an eye on China. I believe they're going to invade Taiwan in the near future. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be, notice this, saints, famines 
and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. This morning, let's take a look at what Jesus said in Matthew 24, verses 1 to 8, and let's talk about what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. Here we are in 2022. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter number 14 and verse 34 that righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Now, folks, the rest of this sermon is going to sound a little political, but it's squarely biblical. It is squarely biblical. What's happening in Ukraine may appear political in nature, but I assure you it's prophetic in nature. It's prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes. Ukraine is in the Bible, but what we see, what we can see, the pieces coming together. We're watching things take place here. The stage is being set, folks. The key actors are in place and showing their true nature. In Ezekiel chapter 38, it speaks of Gog and Magog. That's the Russian enemies, folks. Those are, the, that, those are references to Russia. The Russian enemies from the north who in the end times, in the end times will move south, making war with nations, including Israel, ultimately. Notice this. The Ukrainian president, Zelensky, he is a Jew. Russia hates Israel. And they're going to march against Israel. China hates the United States and Israel. Russia's the same. So keep an eye on Russia. So we see Russia coming down out of the north and invading Ukraine, right? It's not pleasant to watch, and it must be terrifying for those people in Ukraine that are enduring it. But the Lord above is working all things together. He's not surprised, he's not worried, and his grace is still sufficient for his Christians. Pray for the Christians and the missionaries in Ukraine, but God's grace is still sufficient for his children, and he's guiding all things to their ultimate end. There are many Christians in Ukraine, and we must pray for them. There are many lost souls on both sides of this war, and we must pray for them to come to the knowledge of the truth and accept Jesus Christ by faith as their personal Savior. Have you done that? Do you know Christ as your Savior? Folks, we take our freedom for granted. Here we are today in America, in our churches. We're praying, we're singing, we're fellowshipping, we're worshiping God together. We're reading the Bible without fear of reprisal, intimidation, or persecution. It's a blessing we very much take for granted. We assume we'll always be free. You see, we came to this country not for freedom of speech, but for freedom of religion. Remember our founding fathers in Article 1? They came for freedom of religion so they could practice the Christian faith. America has a Judeo-Christian heritage. Never let it be said that it doesn't. Revisionist history says it doesn't. America was founded upon Judeo-Christian principles from the Bible. Amen. And it's for this reason that this tops the list of amendments in our Constitution, and it's intertwined throughout our Constitution about freedom of religion. Now, there are people in China, North Korea, Sudan, and several Palestinian countries. They risk their life regularly in attending underground churches. You see, war is a regrettable thing. 
Although sometimes it's necessary, some wars are unavoidable. Some are completely unjustified, and some have resulted in a greater peace than if the war had never been fought. America exists because of fighting the good fight of faith. But no one in their right mind likes war and wants to go to war. War is not glamorous. It's not romantic. Though Hollywood often tries to portray it as such, war is a terrible thing, a regrettable thing. But there are some things that are worse than war. As the war in Ukraine is being fought and the global war on terrorism continues, let's answer this very important question. How should Christians look upon war? What should be our attitude toward our involvement in war? Where are we going to get answers about war? Well, we won't get right answers from the bleeding heart liberals who are afraid of going to war, nor from the warmongers who desire to go to war. We won't get good answers from either one of those groups. The right answers about war are found only in the Word of God, the Bible. There are Christians today who say that war is always wrong. They say Christians are to be peacemakers. They say, love everybody and turn the other cheek. Well, folks, in every war in our history, from the Revolutionary War to the War on Terror, there have been people who would not go and who would not support the effort, calling themselves conscientious objectors. And then they try to use the Bible as their defense. They do not understand two important factors. Number one, what the Bible really teaches about war. And number two, the very nature of human nature. You see, back in the 1970s, I'm an older guy, I remember this. Back in the 1970s, the hippies said that it would be wonderful if, uh, if there was a war and nobody showed up. Well, someone will always show up, and you may not like it, because they are there, they are there to take away your freedom. Freedom is not free. During Vietnam, folks, they burned the American flag and protested, saying, make love and not war. The hippies were not the brightest crayons in the box. Amen. For if they had just thought about it, they'd realize that so many people died in World War II just so they could have their silly little demonstration and protests, and they'd realize that when they burn that flag, it is a gross and senseless act for any American to take part in. Period. You can stand at the Lincoln Memorial and preach and protest all you want. That's your right. But if you begin to throw paint on that monumental symbol, you'll be arrested. So why have we never been able to pass legislation against flag burning? When the flag is the main symbol of who we are. It's no longer speech. It's an action you are taking when you burn that flag. It's a basic respect and a patriotism, just like not kneeling for the national anthem. If everyone in World War II had believed the way the hippies had believed in the 70s, they wouldn't have been going around saying peace, love, and flowers. They would have said Heil Hitler, because they would have been slaves to the Nazi regime had they not fought back. This week, the Ukrainian civilians took up arms, even with no training, and are willing to give their lives because they want to be free and not conquered by the Russian communists and Vladimir Putin. It's a foolish and a wicked thing to desire war, but it's foolish and naive to think that war is always avoidable. 
For there are wicked people in the world that will kill, steal, and destroy without blinking an eye. That's human nature, folks. That's the sin nature unleashed. Please don't get the idea that the more advanced man becomes technologically and the more educated we become or the more civilized we become, that we become more mellow and kind. That's not what the Bible teaches. Rather, that thought is humanism, which says that man's getting better and better. Granted, man is not getting better and better. Man is getting worse and worse. Jesus said in Matthew 24 that in the last days there shall be wars and rumors of wars. Kingdoms shall rise against kingdom and nations shall rise against nation. Not that things would get more and more peaceful. He said they're going to be more and more uh, frequent. Rumors of wars, in other words, threats of wars, or terrorists saying they're going to blow things up. Those are rumors of wars, folks. Those are threats, rumors of wars. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13, the Bible says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. You see, Jesus is the one who will end all wars. He's the one who will be able to proclaim, if you would, World War One, W-O-N. Jesus will put an end to the bloodshed. But there will be no peace on earth until the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, arrives on the scene. And until that day arrives, this is a fallen world, we have all a fallen nature, and there will be war. Is it ever right biblically for a nation to go to war? And should a Christian believer participate? The clear answer to both questions is yes. There are times when the Lord actually encourages and even commands nations to go to war. Fight the good fight of faith is what the Bible says. For though war is regrettable, there are worse things than war, things which can sometimes be prevented only by war. Some people say Vietnam was wrong because it wasn't our war. They said it about Iraq, and the U.S. and NATO are today saying Ukraine isn't about us. So here we are, cowering in a corner while another maniac, Putin, terrorizes millions of people unchallenged. Folks, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, the vice president, some of you call him president, I don't, because I believe he was put there under massive election fraud that's being proven and laying in a complaint to the Supreme Court, massive state uh, election fraud, mail-in ballot controversies, major issues. Joe Biden, who is supposed to be a president, he's not. This president is reacting rather than acting like a good president would. He's leading. I'm promising you, ladies and gentlemen, I can't override what God allowed to happen. He's always in charge. But should President Donald Trump still be in the office, that wouldn't be happening today. Russia would not be invading Ukraine. They didn't do it for four years when he was there because they were afraid of him. You will have peace through strength. Unfortunately, you must position yourself that way as the leader of a free country. But America doesn't have strong leadership now. It has weak, senile leadership. And rather than acting like a good president would, this guy that's sitting in the White House, he's leading from behind and sending a message of weakness. All evil wants you to do is not act. 
We have lost as a country the the world's respect. Joe Biden has caused the world to not respect the United States of America. Amen. And Putin is not afraid of Joe Biden. China is not afraid of Joe Biden, and they're watching very closely. Taiwan will be the next to fall because we have made it clear that we aren't concerned about our borders, not even our southern border. You can say this isn't our war, but again, that statement is naive. Some of you are too young to remember, but many of us remember that the communists made no bones about it. Their goal was world dominion. It was fight us now or fight us later on your own soil. You see, freedom isn't free, and while God is against personal vengeance and retaliation, He does allow a nation to defend itself and protect the freedom of all the people. All the people. God is for war if it's a righteous cause. God is for war if it is a righteous cause. Aren't you glad we've stayed the course? That Saddam Hussein is out of the Middle East picture? Zarqawi and hundreds of other wicked leaders like them, folks. I'm telling you, when bleeding heart liberals in Hollywood want to stand up and take a position of do not defend yourself, do not use arms, you're listening to gullibly naive, empty-headed people that do not know, number one, what the Scripture says, and new number two, do not know the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Jacob, and and Isaac, and that is Jesus Christ. If my memory serves me correctly, it's not movie stars or musicians, but the United States military who fought on the shores of Iwo Jima, the jungles of Vietnam, and the beaches of Normandy, and the desert of Iraq. I say we should tell the liberals to go make their movies and music and whine about something else some other time. After all, if they lived in Russia or China, they wouldn't be allowed to the freedom of speech they've been given today in the United States. Ironically, they'd be put to death if they spoke out. I want to know how the very people who are against war because of the loss of life, these liberals, can possibly be the people who are for abortion. They're the same people who are for animal rights, but against the rights of the unborn. On December the 7th, 1941, there were no records of movies, movie stars treading the blazing waters of Pearl Harbor. On September 11th, 2001, there are no photos of movie stars standing as human shields against the debris and the falling bodies descending from the World Trade Center. There were only policemen and firemen, underpaid civil servants, who gave their all for nothing, expecting nothing in return. Throughout the course of history, this country has remained free, not because of movie stars and liberal activists, but because of brave men and women who hated war, too. And they gave limbs and flesh, and many laid down their lives so that we will all live in freedom. We should give these heroes honor and acknowledgement and let their deaths not be in vain. If you want to see a true human shield, walk through Arlington Cemetery. They lie as human shields, heroes of the brave American men and women who did not get on television and talk about being human shields. They were human shields. Thank God there are many that have risen up to say, if the U.S. and NATO won't do their job, and even if we stand alone, we'll do the right thing for these people. We can pray and support the right, support the right position in this war as this is a righteous cause, and we should be willing to continue to battle for the right on all fronts, whether an end is in sight or not. But we can't be the policemen of the world, folks. 
The United States cannot be the policeman of the world. They say, I ask you, if freedom, uh, if freedom, if we don't free those people who will, the French, I doubt it. So what can we do? Well, number one, here's what we can do as Christians about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We can pray for peace. Number one, pray for peace. First Kings 2 says, For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Number two, we can pray for revival and a great awakening of truth in the United States. In the Bible, righteousness and peace are linked together. Deuteronomy 32, verse 31. For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. When our nation is right with God, we're standing on the rock. But when we're not right with God, we're on sinking sand, folks. God is our defender, and we'd better not forget that. The Bible says some come, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope we don't forget because the battle is coming our way, ladies and gentlemen. It's coming. We can point our finger at Putin for shedding innocent blood. But we've got three fingers pointing back at us as a country. It's called the abortion holocaust. We should be praying every day about that. Everyone we kill... The meter is running, and God's going to collect his debt one day. Oftentimes, God will use war as a judgment against the nation. You read the history of the nation of Israel. For 490 years, they were not right with God. They were rebellious in many ways, and it was all rooted in their refusal to observe the Sabbath day and what God did do. He allowed the armies of Nebuchadnezzar to invade and take them captive for 70 years. Ah, one-seventh of 490 years. Their Sabbath debt was paid in full. Eventually, God reads the meter, folks, and he sends the bill. We need to pray for a great awakening in America in these last days. Jesus is coming. If you're not saved, you'll be left behind. If you'd like to trust Christ and be saved and have the assurance of going when the rapture takes place, it's imminent. It could happen any time. Bow your head right now and from the sincerity of your heart, follow me in this simple prayer of faith. Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save my soul. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my Savior and take me to heaven. Amen. Now, folks, as I wrap this up, freedom isn't free, nor is revival. Revival's not free. We need revival. I thank God for freedom. Those who bought and paid for it with their lives and in the past. Those who will protect it in the present and defend it in the future. America has remained silent too long. God-fearing people have remained silent too long. We must lift our voices united in a humble prayer to God for guidance and the strength and courage to sustain us through whatever the future may hold. So let us stand proud. Let us be the human shields of prayer, encouragement, and support for those who are at war with tyranny. May God bless America, the land of the free, and may we rise up and demonstrate that we are still the home of the brave and the greatest country on the face of God's earth. Jesus said in John fifteen thirteen, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Then Jesus did that. He laid down his life for you and me. He shed his blood on Calvary's cross as a substitute to bear our sins. He was buried in the tomb, and then he was resurrected the third day. 
This war, folks, is already won because of what Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection did. Are you saved? If not, ask Christ to be your Savior. If you're saved, you better get solid, get right with God, ask God to forgive you of your backslidden condition, and get right in serving God. Jesus is coming again. The rapture is right on top of us. Keep looking up, Christians. God is still on the throne. We are about to see something prophetically great. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? I bring you good tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. So fear not, fear not, fine. Yes, sir. About the Savior 